This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is a weird story, a very creepy story, and I want to give you just a little context on how I happened on this story. So if you're looking up uh, artificial intelligence or AI online, some of the top searches for artificial intelligence actually are questions about what artificial intelligence does. What is AI? Artificial intelligence explained. People are asking about um, ChatGPT. They're asking about BAR. They're actually asking about Snapchat AI. So what I want to do today is explain just a little bit about what those behind AI are not telling us about AI as they are trying to um, embed it in every aspect of our life, from our personal life to every, every web search that we do to our art and algorithms in, in computers and search engines. Um, I want to explain just a little bit about who controls AI, because those who are at the forefront of this industry, maybe even the people that are, are part of the creative process or the people that are funding it, um, present AI as if it's an autonomous uh, thing. It's, this, it's this, um, this entity that has its own agency. And this is not actually true. This is not true at all. Something has to control this because as much as the people creating AI would like to think of themselves as God, as the creator of some life form, they are not. They actually are not. So what we're going to talk about today is Yuval Noah Harari. You've probably heard of this guy. He's very, very famous for writing the book Sapiens. He's a professor, he's a philosopher, and he spoke at the World Economic Forum. Yes, so just to give you an idea of the kind of people he hangs out with and the type of philosophy on life and on government that he ascribes to. Yuval Noah Harari was talking about artificial intelligence recently, and he took part in this this narrative that I'm talking about, um, pretending that AI or portraying AI as being something that has... Uh, being that has that has uh, that's a sentient being of its own. This is this is wrong. But listen to what Yuval Noah Harari said that AI will do, or what impact artificial intelligence will have on the Bible and on religion. This is where the story from the get-go gets very creepy. Take a listen to this. You know, the printing press, radio, television—they broadcast, they spread the ideas created by the human brain, by the human mind, they cannot create a new idea. You know, Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century. The the, the printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it, but it did not create a single new page. It had no ideas of its own about the Bible. Is it good? Is it bad? How to interpret this? How to interpret that? Um, AI can create new ideas, can even write a new Bible. We, you know, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. Every religion claims our book, all the books of the other religions, they, humans wrote them. But our book, no, 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 no. It came from some superhuman intelligence. In a few years, 
there might be religions that are actually correct, that just think about a religion whose holy book is written by an AI. That could be a reality in a few years. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Okay, now you don't have to be a Christian or a practicing Jew or a religious person to be worried about the impacts of AI. In fact, what we're talking about today is probably not so much the religious aspect of it. So if you're not, if you're not a religious person, hang with us here. But you got to admit, this guy has some pretty serious anti-Christ vibes going on when he's talking about, he's not only talking about essentially wanting to play God, he's talking about wanting to create something that plays God, like on a higher pedestal than God. Who wants to be on a higher pedestal than God? Yeah, the Antichrist does. So I'll leave you with that as just the religious commentary, but let's talk about what he's saying for a second, because he compares AI and AI potentially writing a new Bible or so-called correcting, quote unquote, correcting a religion. He compares this to what Gutenberg did with the Bible, Gutenberg in the printing press, printing the Bible in the 15th century, but he makes a false uh, comparison here. In fact, where we are today is not that much different than the 15th century. The difference is just who's behind giving the directions to the machine. So this is the quote from Harari. He says, Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century. The printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it, but it did not create a single new page. It had no ideas of its own about the Bible. Is it good? Is it bad? How to interpret that? How to, or how to interpret this? How to interpret that? This is a very, very important point to make about AI. If you have ever Googled artificial intelligence explained, if you have ever wondered, what is AI? Is it a threat to our civilization? Who controls it? Is it, is it an entity? Does it have agency? Can it think for itself? Can it create for, himself, for itself? The answer to that is no. I know this is a controversial answer and a lot of people that work in AI are gonna say, yes, it is, it is, it has agency, it can think. No, 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 it can't. What AI is, is it is a complex algorithm written by humans. Now this algorithm written by humans might include parts of the algorithm that allow that algorithm to perpetuate, meaning they write into the algorithm that it, they want it to so-called create something else, but it cannot on its own. Think about a computer that's been smashed with a sledgehammer. Think about, or even in a less destructive sense, think about one of those um, computer sets where you're supposed to put together each of the pieces to teach you about electronics. That thing is not writing a Bible on its own. It doesn't plug itself in. It doesn't put itself together. It doesn't operate without your input. You are ultimately the person that is controlling this device. And then once you've flipped this switch on, this device operates according to the code embedded within it that was written by engineers. 
This isn't something that just spontaneously combusted or spontaneously, it's like the big bang with people, right? This isn't something that just spontaneously happened and then now this is an entity that we can't control. No, 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 no. This is an, uh, a very complex, yes, a complex algorithm written by people, which means that the people behind it have incredible control over what it does. We learned this with ChatGPT, right? When, it, when we started asking it so-called, quote-unquote, controversial questions about um, what is a woman and which religion is correct and things that are more or less objective truth, right? What, what is a woman is an objective definition. And when we asked it questions, it said, oh, I, I don't want to talk about that. Or it labeled some conservatives as uh, hateful, but it didn't label any leftists as hateful. There's bias written into this algorithm because the algorithm is written and it's written by people who have opinions. Oftentimes they have agendas, including political agendas. So the simplest answer to the question of artificial intelligence explained, the simplest answer to the question of, is this an entity? Is it sentient? Does it have agency? The simplest answer is no, it doesn't. It's complex and you can build something that is destructive, just like human beings built nuclear bombs. They put together certain chemicals to create a very destructive reaction, but that didn't, the nuclear bomb, for example, didn't create itself. It doesn't detonate itself. It was created by people and then other people choose when they want to detonate it. That's the same with AI. It was created by people, it's the algorithms are written by people, and then other people choose how to deploy that. So as you can see, it's not, it's not something that, that is in and of itself. In fact, it's even possible that this could have positive, positive impacts on society. In fact, I had a very funny conversation right before we started filming this with my producer, and we were saying, oh, you know what? To be fair, we should add to the show some positive uses of AI, just so people can see that there's not necessarily an inherent morality or immorality when it comes to AI, because it's not a thing. It's not, it's not a sentient thing. It doesn't have agency. It is just a tool, a tool that can be used or a tool that can be abused. And so we're like, okay, well, what are some positive applications of AI? And honestly, we didn't, we couldn't really think of any because, not because they don't exist. I'm sure they do. In fact, if you guys can think of any positive applications of AI, like, please send them to me on social media on, go to lizwheeler.com and go to the comment section and let me know what some positive applications of AI are. But by and large, right now, it is not being applied in a positive way. By and large, right now, the people behind AI are people like Yuval Harari, who I think he's a secular Jew. I don't think he has religious beliefs himself, um, or these are his religious beliefs. He's trying to create something that he worships or something that controls him. So I guess this is a sort of paganism, if you will. Again, this isn't necessarily about religion, but it is about the what it is-ness of AI. Now, this is the creepy part of it. I guess this part is creepy as well. Um, the creepy part of it is in 2018, Yuval Harari was talking about artificial intelligence at the World Economic Forum, and his speech was titled, Will the Future Be Human? So this is the other part of AI, is AI is not viewed by the, AI, the artificial intelligence community as being a tool, as being something separate. They want, or their agenda, is to integrate artificial intelligence with um, humanity, with reality. We saw this with the Apple Vision Pro. This They call theirs augmented reality because they want to add to reality um, in addition, not just, not just replace it with artificial intelligence. Very, very gray area for morality, very... I think something we should be very wary of as human beings, what are, first of all, what are we trying to get away from when it comes to reality? But also it's objectively true that since the advent of the internet, especially since the advent of smartphones and especially, especially since the advent of social media, 
um, humanity has not reacted well to um, to being overstimulated and completely immersed in our devices in this in this sort of artificial reality that is the internet. We have increased uh, levels of depression, of anxiety, of bipolar. Um, we obviously have a crisis of suicide in in our society, especially in American society right now. Um, there's there's grooming that happens, ideological grooming that happens um, because of because of these applications. We see that on TikTok. We see that on Instagram. This has not been something that has been only a net positive for our society. There have been a lot of adverse effects of just smartphones and social media and the internet, let alone adding the Apple Vision Pro augmented reality goggles or adding AI. But that's what these people who write the algorithms envision it for. That's what they want to use it for. They want to merge human beings and machines, essentially, um, so that there's no discernible line between where the human being starts and where um, where the where the where the technology ends. That's my biggest red flag. My biggest red flag is that they want to have the machine essentially start controlling the human, controlling the thoughts, and um, humans become so reliant on this that they can't operate without it. And then, of course, there's the opportunity for manipulation. If you are so reliant on it and you don't know where your own thoughts start, and you know an augmented reality artificial intelligence apparatus ends, then you're going to rely on them to the point that they could easily manipulate what you think. Again, that's what we talked about last week with the Apple Vision Pro. But anyway, Yuval Harari in 2018 talked about exactly what he envisions, what type of manipulation he envisions. He said, um, just a little sneak peek here, he said, and this algorithm, this AI algorithm, will at some point be able to tell young people if they're gay or not. I'm not making this up. These are his words. I'm going to read you his exact quote. He said, when I was 21, I finally realized that I was gay after living several years in denial. This is not exceptional. A lot of gay men live in denial for many years. They don't know something very important about themselves. Now imagine a situation in 10 or 21 years, he says, when an algorithm can tell any teenager exactly where he or she is on the gay straight spectrum. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this? Of course we can't, because we can't imagine a scenario where there wouldn't be some ideology behind this, where there wouldn't be an agenda behind this. This algorithm that he's talking about that could supposedly identify where any young person falls on the gay straight spectrum, those are his words that I'm using here, on the gay straight spectrum, that would be written by someone else. So someone else would be coming in and telling you where you supposedly are on the gay straight spectrum. This is 
of course it would be right for manipulation. Again, this isn't a religious issue. This isn't even about the morality that is often discussed um, as it relates to sexual orientation. This is just an obvious example of something that there are interests that would cause this to be manipulated. Of course it would. Of course it would. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. It's so weird. It's so weird. And this is a perfect example of how people behind AI view um, the, or what they want for the application of AI. This is how they envision it merging with humanity. I have a huge problem with this, not just because, um, not just because there are adverse effects and the the vulnerability, serious vulnerability to manipulation by the people writing this, but also because of and this is a little bit religious, I know, but those of you who haven't watched the show before, I am a little bit religious, just a little bit. But they're not just trying to have artificial intelligence replace humanity and repra- replace reality. They're trying to have artificial intelligence replace the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a massive problem for our society. Again, there was a study that recently came out, and you don't even have to be a believer, you don't have to be a practicing religious person to uh, understand that this, this recent study showed that most people, even when they're not religious, don't think that we should have an, uh, an a-religious society because religious morals are the underpinning of, of an ordered society. Without religious morals, without, say, the nuclear family unit, without some kind of um, social sexual mores, um, society falls apart, right? You have, you have less crime, you have less drug abuse, you have, you have a more ordered society when you have a religious people. Without religion, without morals, without a, a definition of right and wrong and justice, you're in this massive, this massive um, bubble of question marks. What is anything? What do words mean? Who's in charge? What is right? What is wrong? What is justice? What's the definition of any word? Utter chaos reigns, utter chaos. So this is what this is what those who are advocating for AI actually want. The people that are writing the algorithms that make AI work are not people without an agenda. We've seen this through any any of them, whether it's Bard, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's ChatGPT. We see their agenda evident in the responses to our questions about abortion, about about transgenderism, about just the the basic biological definition of what is a woman. We see this in how they react to um, questions about individuals that are on the right wing versus individuals that are on the left wing. This is an inherently biased algorithm because people are inherently biased, right? People are inherently biased. And the people that are behind AI, people that are writing the code that makes AI uh, spit back the responses to the questions that we put into the into the apparatus, they are typically left-wing. They are typically very left-wing. And Yuval Harari is a good example of this. When he talks about wanting AI to write the Bible, he's talking about wanting his algorithm that he's written or an algorithm written by someone who's like-minded to him to supplant the Holy Spirit, to supplant God. So again, not to get too religious on you here, but who wants to supplant God? Every religious person listening to this show knows the answer to that. The one person that wants to supplant God is the Antichrist. This, I think that this is a major red flag for our society, a major red flag, let alone, let alone the creepy application that Yuval Harari talks about when he says, well, soon it'll be able to tell young people who don't know they're gay that they're gay. Yeah, that won't be abused, will it? That won't be used for manipulation, I bet. I bet, I bet that'll be completely neutral and totally accurate to have an algorithm tell you whether or not you're gay. So the other, the other point that I wanna make here is the people behind AI. I don't wanna be um, 
vague when I say that they are biased. I don't want to be vague when I say the people behind AI or the people that are writing the, the algorithms that operate AI have an agenda. These people are left-wing. And just from today, these are just examples from today, meaning a very limited, very narrow bucket of examples, and still we have plenty of them. Imagine if you looked over the course of the week or the month or the year, for example. These are just from today. This is what the people who share um, philosophical and religious and political viewpoints with people like Yuval Harari, this is what they think of you and of me, and this is what they want to force us to do or use the power of the government to force us to do. This is Congressman Jerry Nadler, um, a Democrat in the United States Congress, talking about wanting the federal government to force your two-year-old child, your toddler who may not even be able to talk yet, force your two-year-old to wear a face mask. And if you don't put your baby in a face mask, Jerry Nadler wants you to be labeled as a child abuser. Take a listen to this. Before I was allowed to go to school, I won't tell you how many years ago that was, I had to be vaccinated for various, for diphtheria, for whooping cough, for the diseases that they then knew had to vaccinate against. Nothing has changed. We have to vaccinate people to prevent diseases and pandemics. The gentleman asked, why should a two-year-old, well, and the fact of the matter is that people should require to be either vaccinated, especially a nurse, a nurse who is dealing with patients, who is breathing on those patients, she can transmit the disease. So certainly she should be required to be vaccinated because the vaccination not only protects her, it protects against transmission of the disease to the next person. And the healthcare worker certainly ought to be required to be vaccinated. And when we have a pandemic like COVID-19 pandemic that we had, two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that because there was no vaccination available for two-year-olds. The only way to protect them against COVID, against COVID was to have them wear masks. And these mandates are meant to protect the public's health and safety. Now, for me to say that what he is saying, what Nadler is saying is just a little controversial would be the understatement of the year. Any parent who has a two-year-old is probably feeling prickles up their neck in just rage, outrage, that this man in Congress would try to tell us to, to wrap our child's face in a face mask. But the point of this is this is what the left thinks of us. This is what the left wants to force us to do. These are the same people ideologically. I know Jerry Nadler is not writing AI algorithms, but ideologically, this is the kind of control the ideological left wants to exert over our lives, every aspect of our lives. So when we think about integrating AI into our very existence, augmenting our reality with AI, all the left does is look for ways to exert this kind of control over us. Do you think they wouldn't do that through AI? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. I, let's just say, if you think that AI would be completely neutral and without manipulation, then I have a bridge to sell you. By the way, Congressman Chip Roy, seeing he has young children, so maybe he had a similar reaction to that to this that, that I did, but Chip Roy responded to Nadler on the floor of the House. Take a look at this. All my time to the gentleman from New York, because he's basically making the case for me more effectively than I can. The gentleman from New York is basically acknowledging everything that I'm sitting here saying that I'm trying to do to protect the American people from the tyrannical state of the executive branch. But in this case, my Democratic colleagues on the other side of the aisle, I want everybody in America to understand what they just heard from the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee in the United States House of Representatives. Your two-year-old should be forced to be masked. That is what the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee just said here on the floor of the House of Representatives, that the power of the government the full power of the federal government should be a part of ensuring and forcing your children, your two-year-old child, to be masked. We heard it yesterday when the secretary of HHS refused, refused to actually answer that question. So I'm really glad to hear that the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee acknowledges what everybody in America understands, which is that the Democratic Party, led by the president and by my Democratic colleagues in the House and the Senate, are fully comfortable with the power of the government being used to shut down your businesses, force you out of work, unless you take an experimental vaccine that has not been proven to actually do what the gentleman just said, which is with respect to transmissions. It was too good not to show you. It was too good I watched and I was like, yes, go Chip Roy, go. He's pushing back, thankfully. He's actually one of the few, one of the only Republicans even pushing back against this tyranny from the left. But wait till you hear what the ideological left, the same people, the pe- or the people who share the same ideology, the same philosophy, the same politics, as those who are writing the algorithms that power AI, wait till you hear what they say about Hispanics. Okay, so over on MSNBC, Chuck Todd, very famous liberal host, although he's on his way out, he's not going to be hosting that show anymore after this summer, had just the nastiest thing to say about Hispanics who dared to think in a way that Chuck Todd doesn't want them to think. So the context of this is after President Trump was arraigned in Miami, he, after the, after the actual arraignment itself, after he was at the courthouse, he left and he stopped by a restaurant for lunch. This restaurant is a Cuban restaurant run by Cuban exiles, people who escaped Cuban communism. And he got food for lunch, but the people in the restaurant, the people who run the restaurant and the patrons are really supportive of President Trump. And they they um, they spoke to him when he came in for lunch and they surrounded him and they prayed for him. They, they put their hands on his shoulders and they prayed for him. Actually a beautiful moment, um, if you can possibly put politics aside for a second, which most people, including the left, can't. Chuck Todd responds to this, 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 this community of Cubans praying for President Trump because he came to eat lunch with them. He responds to it by calling these Hispanics perverse because they dare to be Republican. Take a listen to this. 
very familiar scene to South Floridians watching sometimes the politics of Central and uh, South America, where you see these moments. Um, but clearly, he is wrapping himself in in the sort of there is a there is a faction of South Florida. Uh, 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 very conservative MAGA Hispanics who are very much rally around, sort of almost see common cause of the injustices of America with Cuba and Venezuela, and he's 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 trying to wrap himself in this, uh, in the in the sort of the folks who claim their exiles in the exile community, and it's a it's a real perversion of what the exile community used to fight for. I mean, this is. This is what makes it so surreal to see it here in, in the United States. We were the safe haven for those that were escaping uh, moments like this. I, I, you know, it's just what a bizarre moment. And I, and I think, again, it's going to take years for us to understand it. Perverse. Perverse, he says. He, he calls Hispanic people who support Trump perverse. Listen, there's racism that exists in the United States right now. There is racism that comes from the left telling people because they're from Cuba, because they're from Venezuela, because they are of Hispanic origin, that they have to think a certain way based just on the color of their skin. That's racism. If you, lay, if you, if you take any single demographic that shares an immutable characteristic like skin color or like sex, and you tell them that they must behave and think a certain way based on that immutable characteristic, then that's bigotry. That's coming from the left right now. This, this, and this ideology that has poisoned the left has also poisoned the political left or even the, the corporate media, the leftists in the corporate media, has also poisoned the same people, the ideological left who are writing the algorithms that will power AI. Remember, AI is not a sentient being. It doesn't have agency. It's not something that just spontaneously came. It's not a life form begot of God or of nature. It's something built by human beings. It's something that's controllable by human beings. It's something that operates the way that human beings tell it to operate. Imagine for a second if this algorithm that's supposedly going to integrate into our very reality become a blurred line of what's humanity and what's machine, what's AI, what's, what's real, what is, what is even the definition of reality anymore? Imagine if this kind of poisonous ideology is, is bred into this algorithm. Then this algorithm is going to treat every Hispanic person who I guess isn't a Democrat. Any Hispanic person who thinks for themselves, any Hispanic person who is, dares to be Republican as perverse, this racism would be inbred into this. So forgive me if I'm skeptical about the ramifications of artificial intelligence, of AI on our society, because the people right now in control of this don't like half of the country think that we are racists and bigots and homophobes and transphobes and have completely written us off. In fact, when Hillary Clinton responded to Trump's indictment and Trump's arraignment, she repeated, not in the exact same words, but she repeated the same sentiment as several years ago when she was running against Trump in 2016 and she, and she dismissed every Republican as being a basket of deplorables. It was that moment, it was a pivotal moment in that election when a lot of people were like, whoa, we're not evil because we aren't voting for Hillary. It's not a litmus test that if you don't vote for Hillary, that means you're evil. That if you do vote for Trump, that means you're a bad person. A lot of people were really, found this really jarring as they should because it's, in a, it's an evil sentiment coming from Hillary. And she doubled down on this when she was talking about any Republican, and you don't even have to be a Republican, there's a lot of non-Republicans who look at um, the fact that Hillary Clinton wasn't charged for 
uh, mishandling classified information with her email server, destroying 30,000 emails with bleach bit and a hammer instead of responding to a subpoena about them. Think the fact that she wasn't charged for that, never held accountable for that, and yet the Department of Justice is going after Trump for housing presidential records, records from when he was in office, in his post-presidential library or office, secured by the Secret Service, they think that that's a gross miscarriage of justice, that that's a two-tiered system of justice, that that's unfair, that's unjust, it's wrong. And this is what Hillary Clinton says about anybody who believes that. Republicans claim that you got off, you did the same thing and got off scot-free. Why did your friend Jim Comey let you off? So easy. That, that's a really good question. I can't figure that one out. Um, you know, I do think it's, it's uh, odd, let's just say, to the point of being absurd, um, how that is their only response. You know, they refuse to read the indictment. They refuse to engage with the facts. There's nothing new about that. And what they refuse to admit is, you know, this is on a track about him not about anybody else, no matter how much they try to confuse people and how much they try to, you know, raise extraneous issues. Um, And it's going to be fascinating, I guess, in a bizarre and sad way to watch them spin themselves up. If you watched any of the news programs this weekend, I mean, their efforts to defend this man are truly beyond anything that I ever thought possible in our country. I mean, it is so profoundly disturbing how this could have been the break. This could have been the opportunity to say, you know, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it, you know. But this is kind of uh, serious, and so we're not going to, you know, continue to defend you. But no, they're all in again. That's what the psychology of this is so hard for me to fully grasp. I'm sorry, the only thing I could think of during that entire video was, did you guys see above Hillary's head the branding? So this was on on um, Pod Save America, very, very prominent uh, liberal podcast. And on, on the left side, it's branded to Pod Save America as a watermark on the video itself. But on the right side above Hillary's head, the parent company, the media company that owns Pod Save America is called Crooked Media. So literally floating above Hillary's head is this watermark that says crooked. I could not look away from that the entire video. Apropos, if you will, accidental but very well-placed Pod Save America, very, very well-placed. Hillary Clinton, as you heard, did the same thing that she did in 2016. She said, if anybody who thinks that we should have um, equal standards, that there shouldn't be different rules if you're a Democrat and different rules if you're a Republican, that you shouldn't be allowed to commit a crime and let off easy if you are a Democrat, and then accused, falsely accused of something that isn't a crime. And um, I mean, the left intends to try to put President Trump in jail and to prevent him from running for president again, just because he's a Republican. If you sit here, even if you don't like Trump himself, if you sit here and think that that's unfair, then Hillary Clinton says you're deeply disturbing. You're absurd. You're sad. She's just dismissing you outright. This is the, this is the ideological left. This is what they think of us. They think that we are not worthy of participating in society. They think our opinions are, are bad and evil. And they think that, 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 that their opinion about our opinions defines us. Imagine if this kind of ideology was written into the algorithms of Snapchat and Bard and ChatGPT and all the other AI products that are about to hit the markets. This is a, a, 
a serious, serious, deeply concerning problem that it doesn't matter if you are really into AI, that you're excited about Apple's Vision Pro, or whether you don't care about any of this and you were one of the ones Googling, what is AI and how does it even work? Explain it to me. It doesn't matter where you fall on that spectrum. This should be deeply concerning to everybody because of the capacity to manipulate, right? Because of the capacity to impact how people think, what people believe, what people are allowed to do, what people are allowed to say. Social coercion is sometimes just as strong as governments cracking down. We saw this um, with big tech. Big tech is not officially an entity of our government, but during the 2020 election or the lead up to the 2020 election, big tech played a larger role in influencing the outcome of the election by censoring the New York Post article about Hunter Biden's laptop and all the corruption, all the proof of the corruption that was on his laptop. They played a bigger part than the actual government did. Even though the government was behind closed doors. We didn't know about this until after the election actually happened. Behind closed doors, the government was telling big tech, please do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, do it, do it, censor, censor, silence. And so big tech did. And if you for a second think that the people that write the algorithms, write the AI algorithms, won't also have government bureaucrats and partisan politicians in their ears pushing them and coercing them into writing their agenda, the political agenda, the leftist agenda into these AI algorithms, then you're just fooling yourself. This will be leveraged against us. It won't be something that just adds to our life, at least the way that, at least the trajectory that we're on right now. Out in the state of California, out of the state of California, and by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, I do have to warn you, we can't show you this video that we're about to play. We can't. We're not allowed to show you this video on YouTube, it's against their terms of service and we would be risking being kicked off the platform. So I regret to inform you that if you wanna watch this video and I highly, highly recommend that you do, that you go over to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler and watch it. The fully uncensored version will be over on Rumble. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple or Spotify or already watching on Rumble or Locals, you're fine. But if you're on YouTube, you have to go to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler to watch this. In California, there's a bill in the California State Assembly. It's called Assembly Bill 957. We've talked about it a little bit. You've probably heard about it. This bill would label parents who refuse to trans their children as child abusers. And once those parents who decline to trans their children are labeled as child abusers, the state is giving themselves the power to take custody of those children away from those parents. So your seven-year-old walks home and says, Mom, Dad, I, 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 I know I've been a boy, but I'm not a boy anymore. I'm a girl trapped in a boy's body, and I'd like to go on puberty blockers. I'd like to be chemically castrated. You're seven-year-old. And if you as parents say, no, I'm sorry, son. That's not how we're going to handle this. We're going to identify where your, your gender dysphoria or gender disorder came from, and we're going to address that with, with therapy and removing you from the place that influenced you into this. If you say that, then the California state government wants to label you as a child abuser and take your son away from you, chemically castrate him, and put him on the pipeline from, um, from, from hormones to surgery. This is what's at stake here. And one California mother is testifying against Assembly Bill 957, warning the state of California what happened to her daughter when this happened to her. Her daughter said, I want to be a boy, and the mother said, no, you're not a boy, you're a girl. The California state government took her daughter away from her and her daughter ultimately committed suicide because she was trans. Take a listen to this, it is heart-wrenching. My daughter was murdered by 
a gender ideology. CPS took my daughter when she was 16 years old. It was helped by her public school counselor and LGBTQ group rise and another trans-identified girl. My daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claimed I was abusive uh, for not affirming her trans identity. I lost my daughter over a name and a pronouns. Even after, after I, prom I promised to call her a male name, it wasn't enough. My daughter was not a boy trapped in a girl's body. She had mental health issues. Against my consent, my daughter was given testosterone instead of therapy. The LGBTQ group used her to, pro to raise money for, for them. Look at the poor reject trans boy, they said. Why are there so many transgender in foster care? Because this they take them from their families, tell them to run, then steal them. Parents are given one option to treat their distressed child, affirm, drug, and remove their healthy body part or else lose your child. The abuse claim against me was finally dropped, but it was too late. The damage was done. My then, my, by then my daughter was in a horrible mental and physical pain. My daughter knelt down in front of a train. She was murdered by gender ideology. I beg you, stop. Pushing gender ideology. I don't want any parent to feel what I feel every day. If you think that won't be written into the algorithms that power artificial intelligence, then we're being naive. It will, make no mistake. The ideology of the left the leftists who write these algorithms. AI is not sentient. It doesn't have agency. It's not its own being. It is a tool. It is a machine. It is a computer. And people are ultimately in charge of it. And they will use it, perhaps for good, perhaps for evil. But if we don't recognize that, then our society is in, I'm sorry to say our society is in for a whole lot of pain. I'm interested in your thoughts on AI. If you can think of positive applications of it, if you have additional, um, if you have additional ideas about AI, please go to lizwheeler.com and drop me a note. Post in the comment section. Let me know what you think of artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence. Um, the whole AI debate. It's becoming part of, well, it's becoming part of, I guess, politics, becoming part of our culture. And if we allow those behind it to decide what role it's going to play in our society, several years down the road, we're going to regret not getting involved in it now. So let me know what you think, lizwheeler.com. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Hello.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.